Thank you for tuning in to the Restaurant Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, TK, and you've reached a podcast to restaurant professionals, both new and tenured. Here we learn about the ins and outs of creating high-performing teams, building on your career, and operating highly profitable restaurants. Today's episode is a little bit of a tangent. I'm um, just really discussing general leadership. A lot of stuff that's been on my mind lately, and I, uh, you know, it's not super informative, but it's just some of my thoughts and opinions, and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, thanks for joining me, guys. Um, hey, today I want to start out. I want to talk a little bit about my thoughts on leadership, in my opinion, what a good leader looks like, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there, see where it takes us. So let me take you back early on. Uh, remember, I was 16. I got my very first job at Firehouse Subs, and I remember my very first day. The district manager was in there. Um, she had just replaced a GM. So, you know, she was there and she actually trained me and my best friend who also got hired uh, at the same day. Um, she was teaching us the ins and outs. And I'll never forget this, but I remember the very first real big teaching moment she gave me that day was to treat people uh, fairly and to do your best. And that stuck with me ever since. And she continued to be you know, my supervisor for years and, um, you know, I still follow her on Facebook and, you know, we like each other's stuff, but it really stuck to me and I didn't understand it until I got my first bad boss, which was, I think I was 17. Uh, this person just didn't care about his people. He cared about getting the paycheck, working five days a week and going home. And that was it. And here I was a 17 year old high schooler, not really knowing what's good and what's bad. And I noticed that he started slacking on some of the responsibilities and it was affecting the rest of the team. So uh, I decided to ask if I could take on extra responsibility, some of his responsibilities, such as scheduling and food orders. So that way we'd stop running out of products and he had no problem because again, he didn't care about his people or his team, but I did even as a crew member. So I took that over and we went through several more GMs and I always told myself that I would never be that person who just didn't care, didn't have empathy, didn't love his people. Um, as restaurant managers, your people are everything. They are what allows you to have a high operating restaurant and they also get to decide if you don't. They also get to decide your lifestyle and whether or not you have a bad experience or a good experience. And guess what? They also affect your guests as well, who ultimately pay to keep the bills on. So it's, I'm getting sidetracked here. Um, I became a general manager at the age of 18. And I took everything that I knew of being a good person and I applied it and I was placed in one of the stores that was underperforming and quickly in about two or three months afterwards, uh, the store made profit for the very first time in its 10 year long existence. And I remember it was, it was like $26 and I was so excited to see it on the P and L 
And from that point, I got moved to uh, open up another restaurant and then another. And, you know, the rest is history. Then I started my multi-unit career after that. Um, And I remember both times I got a promotion, once as a general manager and once as a district manager, I had no idea what to do. Granted, there was a little bit of training, um, but it really wasn't much. It was, hey, here are the guidelines. Here's the spec book. Let me know how you do. Bye. And uh, I was I was always one of those people to just take control and do the job and make sure everyone stayed relatively happy. And I remember early on in my GM days, I was you know so young. I was. Uh, you know, supervising people twice my age sometimes. And I felt like I needed to make a statement because of my age. So there was a a quick period where I lost sight of what being a good leader was like. And I turned into relying on fear. And, uh, you know, I remember looking at somebody, and granted, he deserved it uh, at the end of the day. I remember looking at somebody on the line, and he was shoving food in his mouth while he was making sandwiches. Like, get out. Get out of here. You're, you're not in my restaurant anymore. And there was another time where uh, another guy, we and him just got into it, and he was mopping, and he kept giving me a bad crazy eye. So I fired him for giving me the crazy eye. Uh, <laughs> you know, was it the right move? No, I could have been more adult about it, but... Um, I learned after that because I was left with no managers, no people, and I opened and closed for, I think it was three months straight. It was rough. And I decided after I got out of that, after I dug myself out and built a team, I would never put myself in that position again. And it was at that point I learned a very valuable lesson, which was uh, picking your battles and understanding which ones are meant to be are meant to be one and which ones are meant to be kind of band-aid right a good leader in my opinion is able to look at their team with empathy understand where they're coming from and ultimately take responsibility for everything that's happening in the restaurant because at the end of the day anything that's happening under your roof It's your responsibility, and you either get credit or you get the blame. And a lot of leaders nowadays, they just, they expect the credit just to come to them. And they don't try to credit their team, which are truly the ones who who made it, who got you there. One, it was so sad. I remember walking into a restaurant that I just joined, restaurant group, and seeing the GM leave at 2 o'clock without saying bye to anybody. She didn't tell anybody she was leaving besides her assistant. And then she walked out the back door so she can avoid everybody. How cowardly. How sad that you don't like your own people, that you hired, that you don't like your people enough to tell them goodbye and you hope that they have a great day. And granted, it's not all about you, but people see that. Your crew see that. They watch you. They talk. When they hear, oh, the GM left without telling anybody goodbye, she doesn't care about anybody. So why should I care 
about these, these customers. That's the thought process. So I have a challenge for all of you today listening, and that is anytime you enter or leave a restaurant, make sure you say hello to all of your crew, everybody, every single person. And whenever you leave, make sure you tell them goodbye. Many of you area leaders have adopted this. Many haven't. And I see it in area leaders too. You know, I see people walk in and not even care about the team. That was one of the things that really rubbed me wrong a couple of years back and why I left a, uh, a really good restaurant company. Uh, who's growing really quickly now. I'm, I don't regret it, but it was opening. It was, it was training days before opening. Big restaurant, 120 people hired. And I remember them walking in and, you know, this was a, uh, you know, more, more African-American demographic. Right, much different than when the corporate where the corporate office was located, and they came in, and they almost refused to go into the kitchen to say hello. They said hello to nobody. They just walked in and demanded respect. And it was at that point mm, that I mm, <laughs> I knew this wasn't the right place for me. And so I built an exit plan, and I left. That did not display good leadership from a company perspective. Now, granted, you don't have to come in and, you know, be best friends with every single team member, but you need to at least know their names, at least say hello to them. They're people. And that's where a lot of people don't connect. A lot of leaders... They get disconnected at that point of understanding that their team members are not slaves. They don't bend to your every will. They have lives. They have siblings. They have children. They have parents. They have grandparents. They have cousins. They have family events. They have drama that goes on in their life. They have pets. They've got bills they have to pay. Everybody has their own issues and their own problems. The last thing that people need is to have a manager that degrades them and intentionally makes their lives harder. Nothing makes me more upset than seeing a perfectly good team that has a potential to be so high-performing and life to be great all around if only the GM cared about their people and less about whether they were going to get a bonus, less about whether or not they got to go home early today. Are you that leader? Now, granted, I found myself in that situation a couple of times, but it's not consistent. People tend to take the easier route without understanding that it's miles longer than if you were to just walk a little farther into the unbeaten path of being a person. In the restaurant industry, we engage with all kinds of life rich poor white black everybody mentally stable mentally unstable <laughs> you know and when you interact with hundreds of people a day you tend to forget 
that people are not just a number. They're not just a burger and fries at table two. They have feelings. They care. If you run a team, especially bigger teams, when you start going into the hundreds, 120 uh, employee staff roster, you tend to forget that as well. And you tend to forget that people are looking to better their lives. Believe it or not, they want to. Whether they think they want to or not, everybody wants a better life for themselves, for their kids, for their families. And it's my goal to hopefully speak some truth into some of that. Um, some of the episodes that I've been, you know, handing out have been really specific topics on just leadership and power and, you know, some marketing and delegation and stuff. But today I want to speak some truth into you. And I want you to understand that as a restaurant leader, you have taken on the unspoken oath to take care of the restaurant owners, uh, the restaurant owners, uh, perspective, interest, and you've also taken the unspoken oath with the unspoken power that you have to change people's lives for the better. The restaurant industry is seen as not a real job. It's seen as the first, as lower rung in, in terms of industries. It's seen as lowest paying, which once you make it to management, that's absolutely not true. Um, it competes with many four-year degree salaries. Uh, in fact, many of them can't even compete with the restaurant salaries that some of the restaurant general managers are making. Uh, I've seen general managers make up to 120, 130,000 a year. So it's not the fact that you took this position, you said, yes, I will accept this promotion, or you applied to the job. It's the fact that you forgot or you didn't know that you had an unspoken oath to your people, to the owner, to the customers. Respect that oath. Anyways, let's switch topics here. We're about 14 minutes in. Um, I think the next thing I want to talk about and just general talking is just, um, you know, when to decide if somebody is savable or not. And when I look at a crew member, I look at several things. One, I look at how long they've been here. Two, why have they not progressed? Three, what is their current performance like? Four, what do the other team members act like when they're around? From that, you can gauge a few things. But unless you truly spend five minutes a month just talking with them, one-on-one, -on -one, at a table, going over goals and reviews, you're not going to really know what makes them tick. And if you guys remember from one of my last episodes, I think it may have been two episodes ago, from restaurant manager to leader is uh, thinking in fourth dimensions and understanding what make people tick, 
and being really interested in it. Some of the best leaders that I've seen, uh, restaurants aside, just in general, are those that can communicate and those that can read people really well. When you learn what makes people tick, and you know, we're not a super complicated species, you're a person. Figure out what makes you tick first. Then move on to other people. Once you learn what makes people tick, then you can decide whether or not they've got a career. And when I interview somebody, even if it's a 16-year-old, you know, looking for a dishwasher job, I'm a dreamer, and I try to imagine what their potential could look like and if it would be worthwhile, even if it's a 1% chance that they stay with me throughout their entire college career and decide to become a shift manager, if I can build that, from the bottom up, especially with the teenager because they're like a blank slate, no bad habits from previous jobs. They have no idea what to expect from a first job experience, which gets me so excited because you get to be the first experience they get in the workforce. To me, that's the best thing in the world. Being able to start someone off on their adult journey the right way, showing them what great bosses can be like. It's like a father to his daughter. Right, The father's job, responsibility, is just to explain and show the daughter what a true man is like out there and how men are supposed to treat others, how they're supposed to treat their women, their wives. It's important. And in fact, there's been a lot of studies showing that those in fatherless households tend to have higher um, outcome of drug addictions, uh, abusive relationships. I mean, it's all out there. So, great leaders, they have a few things in common. One is they communicate with their people, first and foremost. To me, that's a great leader through and through. If you've got that down, the rest are going to fall in place. Two, you've got to have honesty. Three, you got to stay true to your word. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Number four, they they put others above their selves. Show love, guys. Tell your people that, they, that you're proud of them, especially after a long, hard day. If you've had a long day, I guarantee your team has had a long day as well, probably worse than you have had. You weren't back there cooking. You weren't up there serving half the time. Just some food for thought, y'all. You know, I get so pent up and I get so worked up just over bad leaders in general and how unfortunate it is that they can they can make the decision to improve their lives a millionfold. But laziness, complacency comes through. Pure hatred comes through and overcomes them. Because those leaders have no willpower. They let their emotions dictate their actions. And somebody who doesn't care about people doesn't deserve to be a leader in the first place. Anyways, I'm going to end this rant. Um... 
I'll put this off into a different series. It's called the Rant Series. I want to do these just to clear my mind and to get some of the things I've been thinking about out there and take it as you will. Um, doesn't matter to me, but I would really appreciate some feedback. If you want to join in on a conversation or a healthy debate, you can always reach me at my email at tylerk, T-H-A-I-L-U-R-K at gmail.com. Uh, please feel free to reach out and hope you all have a beautiful day. See ya. And that's all the time we've got for today, folks. Thank you again for listening to the Restaurant Leadership Podcast. Here we try to create high-performing operators. We build high-performing teams, and we do our best to give you the best foot, the best leg in this restaurant industry. Hey, if you'd like to be a part of this podcast or if you have any tips or you just want to uh, talk to me, you can email me at tylerk at gmail.com. That's T-H-A-I-L-U-R-K at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.